Welcome back. It's your words against mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. I'm your brother co-host Thomas Dempsey. I'm your sister co-host Elizabeth Connor. And you join us today on October 9th, or October 8th as of our recording, the first record of the Halloween season. Yes, spooky. And it is finally starting to feel autumnal round about our way. I don't know how things are over years. Yeah, um, it is finally starting to cool down. Uh, this Well, this morning before we went to church, it felt great. It was like in the 60s, um, and then I think it heated up, and I don't, I don't know that... If it did hit the 80s, I don't think it went above, like, 85. Yeah, I don't think, uh, just from going out, hanging on the porch, it didn't feel like it ever got out of the 60s, and on top of that, we had a nice little breeze going through, so, yeah, enjoying it now that it's here, enjoying it while it lasts. We, we even woke up this morning, and it felt cold indoors, so yeah. we're not quite at the point where we've got the heat turned on or anything. Uh, you've had a good couple weeks. Yeah, I was on fall break this past week. Um, oh yeah. Since we're on that modified year-round schedule, so that's been nice. And actually, the Friday, actually like a week from this past Friday, that was a teacher work day. So the kids have had over a week off of school. Um, Boy. Which like I mean we needed it because I mean the quarter ends Tuesday. Uh-huh. And the only break that we've had, and I know I shouldn't be complaining, but the only break that we've had since school started was Labor Day weekend. Right. And usually, you know, we start like about three weeks later than we usually do. And so anyway, it just feels crazy that like it's based that it's the beginning of October and basically the first four, the first quarter of the school year is done. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, which it's, it's nice. It's nice that it's like, oh, okay, like we've already got the first part of the year out of the way. Because I always feel like the first nine weeks of the school year or the first quarter of the school year, like, last the longest. Sure. Because, like, you're trying to just get everybody into their routine. Um, everything is still kind of new. And you're just having to really, like, tell, like, show the kids and tell the kids, like, what's what. And it, I don't know, it just feels like it takes a long time. Um, to do all that and then once you kind of get through like that hump of the first nine weeks like the rest of the year is just gonna fly by and uh, okay and I was looking at like the school Google calendar yesterday and I was like oh my gosh like from now till Christmas is gonna be insane with how much stuff is going on not just with like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Halloween and stuff but like yeah I mean think about the stuff we did in elementary school like red ribbon week Oh, yeah, that's I like, forget about that. That's like a whole thing. Red Ribbon Week, American Education Week. That's like a that's a thing now, American Education Week. It wasn't when we were kids. Or if right. it was, I don't remember. Um, okay. And then, like, just classes going on field trips, and then you've got, like, fall festivals happening at school, and then you've got, I mean, just, and then you've just got, you know, like, more special events and assemblies and stuff like that, and... Like, I'm taking my choir on a field trip, plus we've got a Christmas concert to prepare for, and I'm just huh. like, the re like from now to Christmas is going to be just a big blur. Oh, yeah. Well, this past week's gone by pretty quickly for me, too, because uh, it's been my first week of driving. How's that been? Well, uh, to, I guess, give 
listeners an update. Uh, at our last episode, I was just about to start my new job driving for Sherwin-Williams, and now I've been doing it for two weeks, although I've only been driving for one, because the first week, uh, they had me doing ride-alongs. Yeah. So I got a feel for like what it's like to be out on the road, how you handle deliveries and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the week, once they finally got me processed and in the system, I had to do a bunch of orientation lectures and guides and tests and what have you. So there was like one whole day there on Friday where I was just at a iPad in the manager's office, just looking through PowerPoints basically and watching videos and taking the occasional multiple choice test. Yeah. Got all that done. Been getting some more paperwork and stuff in the mail uh, with what applies to workers' benefits, like insurance and uh, retirement and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I'll be look, getting looking more into that. As for the practical matters of the job itself, I started that on this past Monday. Uh, they got me driving a big old van. I feel like it sits a good, like, two to three feet higher than my normal car does. Mm -hmm. There's always a weird little adjustment after I get done off a shift, driving home, feeling like I'm that much closer to the road. But counterintuitively, I also have that much more, like, uh, vision out on the road because Mm -hmm. the way the van is constructed, all of your understanding of your periphery comes from just the side mirrors and the sensors. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, uh, as for the job itself, I'm taken to it. There's a lot of sort of self-direction involved. You just show up to work in the morning, clock in, get your phone and whatnot. That's got all your apps and stuff on it. Take that out to the van. You get on the horn with dispatch asking for orders, which was more of a thing for me because even now I was in the system, but I wasn't like on the dispatch. Yeah. And starting tomorrow, that should be the case, so I won't have to be as uh, fastidious about calling them to get me put on okay all that stuff set up then getting in my van and sometimes there are orders to take care of straight away and other times i have to wait a little bit but uh to give you for instance this yes just this past friday uh, my first order was one out from the main store it was like like 17 five gallon buckets of paint Mm -hmm. and i have to take all those uh dolly them out to the van load them in strap them down and drive them out to the location which at this point happened to be a housing subdivision down near uh, west georgia okay i did quite a bit of driving i went down as far south as uh simpsonville Mm -hmm. and as far west as spartanburg that day in particular there have been some days where i'd only have like three orders but just the length of driving between them would fill out most of your day and then there was friday when i had like a dozen orders most of them were all like in pretty decent proximity to one another but i just had to like stop by various stores picking up multiple orders to be spooled out yeah yeah it's good work um and i think i'm taken to it it's definitely gotten me back in the rhythm of like uh, listening to podcasts that's a lot of what you do just out on the road yeah i figured it would the deliveries themselves are a lot more involved than what i was used to mm-hmm. but that's still still the majority of my time is just driving from place to place so you're gonna need something to keep you occupied yeah in a way that's like not distracting so yeah so i'm liking it good 
yeah, I've uh, got to get some more khakis because that's the uniform is khakis and a polo and black shoes. I should be getting some work boots in before too long, but in the meantime, I've just been wearing some, I think uh, Rockports is the brand. Mm-hmm. They've been doing pretty well. When Brian was working for the restaurant um, this past summer, I don't know if like you have to have non-skip or steel toe or whatever. Yeah. Um, but he like he had to have non-skid shoes, and he he bought a pair from like they were made by like Skechers, um, okay. and he really likes those. All right. Well, my shoes came like they're comped by work, so. Oh, okay. I That's just, even yeah. better. And granted, I hadn't had to drive in any adverse conditions, you know, weather being pretty inclement mm-hmm. the past couple weeks. So, we'll see what I do when come my first like rain or. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 digging it. You got any books you want to talk about? Um, so the only book that I read was for the challenge this week, and I did finish okay. it. Um, so I don't have any books to talk about, but I do have a TV show to talk about. Okay, let's hear it. Because that's how I've been spending my break is by staying up way too late and watching Netflix. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Like it's been really enjoyable. Yeah. So I've been seeing like a lot of, I don't know, like if you get on TikTok at a certain time of night, you start getting like show clips that are basically like you can watch a whole episode because they, yeah, I'm, you know what I've I'm talking had about? those come in. I've come through. Yeah. So, and I've seen most of the ones I see are for Grey's Anatomy, but okay, I do get some for the show Suits. Oh Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, like I remember, like I used to, like we used to watch that show. So I was like, well, I'll, you know, and it's on Netflix and people talk about it like on social media and stuff, even though it's not on anymore, like the show's done. So it's on Netflix. So I've been watching it and I think I am either halfway or a little over halfway through season two. Okay. Which season one, it was, it was one of those like mid-year uh, premieres like I think it actually I think it premiered in like January or February because the first season is it's not a full 28 episodes it's like right 15 or 14 something like that okay so anyway I've been watching a lot of suits and uh, or like I really like the show but I'm not gonna lie Mike's character makes me want to punch the television sometimes okay and which one's Mike okay so super super fast synopsis in case people don't know what I'm talking about. Suits is a lawyer show where there's a practice called Pearson Hardman and their shtick is that they only hire Harvard grads. Um, like people who went to Harvard Law School. And one of their like best closers is this guy named Harvey Specter. Harvey Specter gets a promotion. He's allowed to hire an associate. He wants to get an associate or so anyway he's doing interviews for associates but he wants somebody with like some pizzazz he doesn't want just like a boring harvard person well mike ross uh who ends up becoming his associate has not well he never graduated from college much less went to harvard law school however he has a photographic memory and is also just like kind of an overall genius because he can also like do math super super fast in his head Basically, the two of them, like, kind of agree to enter into a lie together, and Mike gets hired by the law firm as an associate to, like, actually practice law. So, anyway, that's the premise of the show, is, like, 
You've got Mike, who is technically not a lawyer, but he can act like a lawyer because he, like, everything he reads, he remembers. And they're trying cases, and Mike's trying to figure out his life because, you know, he's, like, young. He's in his mid-20s. And Harvey is trying to navigate the sharks at work because he's more career-oriented, and he's, like, I don't know, I'd say 40s in the show. Okay. Um, yeah, so like I said, Mike's young. He's in his mid-20s, and he's just kind of figuring out life. And prior to getting hired by the law firm, like, he's a big-time pothead. He kind of delves into, like, some illegal activity with his best friend, Trevor. And then he gets this job, and basically he's like, okay, you've been given this opportunity. It's kind of time for you to, like, turn your life around. And he has some struggles with turning his life around because he basically was – nothing was expected of him for a long time. Okay. But yeah, so there are like Mike Ross has done some things in the show to make me want that makes me want to punch the screen. Okay. And Harvey, like I like Harvey, but he sometimes he can just be so smarmy and arrogant that I am just like, Oh, I'm sick and tired of you. So far all of yeah. my favorite characters have been like the women. Okay. Specifically Donna, who is Harvey's secretary. Yeah. Like she is very, very smart and like kind of the closest to being a real person on the show. Okay. Like, she's very smart. She's, like, kind of, like, just the right amount of weird. That's cool. All right. Well, I um, don't have uh, any shows to talk about. The only book I finished this past couple weeks was the book for a reading challenge, although there was another book that I'm technically counting towards my book total mm -hmm. and which put me at my book total. For my uh, reading challenge. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It was the complete omnibus of the 1970s manga series, Common Rider. Okay. Now, Common Rider, if you don't know what it is, is kind of a precursor to uh, Power Rangers or Super Sentai, as it's known in Japan. Mm -hmm. So, Common Rider is a guy who was like a university student and a motorcyclist who gets captured by this evil organization called Shocker. And they take him and they transform his body into uh, a cyborg. Mm -hmm. And But before they can rewire his brain to make him subservient, he is rescued by like a friend uh, of his who's a scientist. And he they run away and steal some of Shocker's technologies... So that this guy can become common rider, common being Japanese for masked. He just rides around in like a helmet, although he doesn't really have like a secret identity. The bad guys know who he is, so it's more just like for the effect. Mm -hmm. And the whole series just revolves around him, like riding around, fighting the monsters and bad guys that Shocker send after him, and just sort of his struggle to like retain his humanity because like his body has been so drastically warped by shocker's experiments on him that he is like not physically human mm -hmm. so, as the series goes on you get into some sort of like transhumanism themes where like certain characters are turned into like computers it's actually kind of it's like weirdly sad Mm -hmm. in certain parts like with how characters like grapple with mortality much more somber than you would usually associate with children's 
media, certainly of that period in America. Obviously, it was much more famous as a long-running television show to the point that even up into this present day, there is like an annual common Rider TV show that airs, usually with like in various incarnations where like the whole concept of what a common Rider is will change from series to series. Mm -hmm. And they all effectively take place in like alternate universes from each other, which is a similar tact with how they've been doing the Power Rangers series as well, which is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. Over at Liz and Caleb's, we've been making a way through a bunch of these old 1970s, like live action Japanese tokusatsu series, like Kamen Rider and Ultraman and stuff like that. We've, we've just sort of been vibing out to those kinds of shows and their aesthetics, and the comic is definitely in league with that, so mm -hmm. it's been a fun read. And the omnibus that I read is about like 800 and something pages. Oh, wow. So, But it's weird. There's not like a clear demarcation all the time with what constituted like a single issue. It's just broken up into like story arcs. Mm -hmm. And of those, there's only like six. Happy to have read it. It's a subject which I've been interested in and had a lot of fun with. Okay. There's nothing else. We'll, we'll just cut to break real quick. And when we get back, we'll leap into this week's reading challenge. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right. See you in a second. Okay. And welcome back to Your Words Against Mine, a competitive reading podcast between siblings. So now we're going to get into the challenge that I issued for this week. So, Thomas, you want to tell them what our challenge was? All right. Well, in commemoration of the Halloween season, our book for this week was the novel Hex by Thomas Old Huevelt, who is a Danish author and who originally published Hex in uh, Dutch. Is Dutch and Danish the same thing? Oh. Actually, that's no. So if Danish is from Denmark, Dutch is from the Netherlands. Okay. So in the Netherlands, they, they are like multilingual. So Thomas Wevelt speaks English, but the original version of Hex was written in, uh, was written in Dutch. Mm -hmm. Was set in the Netherlands. But the version that we read, Anglicanized version is one that he had translated and, I guess, edited personally Yeah. to be rewritten into English mm -hmm. uh, and to take place in America. Yeah. All that was just stuff I learned reading the afterward. It definitely gave me, like, a different perspective of it, knowing yeah. that it was a work of translation that all the same was, like, heavily influenced by the author. Yeah. Because apparently the ending of this book is much different from the ending of the original Dutch version. I would love to read like a like a word for word translation of the original because I got some thoughts about the ending. Oh, you got thoughts about it. yeah. I'd be interested in hearing how that book went too because he's awful coy about what, how the original Dutch version played out. Mhm. Mm but uh yeah, anyway, getting into the story itself. Uh, as the title suggests, uh, it is a story involving witchcraft, specifically a witch named Catherine, who uh, was murdered in like the 1700s or 1600s, thereabouts, like an American Dutch settlement that eventually became known as Black Spring. 
Yeah. And after the witch's, like, murder, uh, execution, she, like, revived, essentially, and her zombified form has just been haunting this town, seemingly impervious to all, like, injury or efforts to exercise her. Mm-hmm. So, as time has gone on, what has become of Black Spring is that it is effectively a closed-off, well, not a closed-off community uh, in every sense, because pe- outsiders are still allowed mm-hmm. in, but the whole town is essentially, like, a secret affiliation, like, with some ties to the U.S. government. There's mention made of West Point yeah. being kind of like an overseeing branch that all the same, they don't really answer to all that extensively. What the uh, titular organization of Hex, based out of the town of Black Spring, is concerned with is just keeping the reality of Catherine's existence a secret from the outside world. Mm-hmm. So that entails like disguising Catherine's presence in the from the per- vantage point of outsiders, basically managing who all like moves into town. And trying to regulate the community in that regard. Now, there's also, like, the element where something about Catherine or the town of Black Spring has cursed all of its inhabitants to be have to live there for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Because when a person who lives in Black Spring, like, leaves ba- Black Spring, over a long enough time frame... That person becomes possessed by uh, suicidal tendencies. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you stay away from Black Spring for too long or go too far away from it, you'll be overcome by the uh, urge to kill yourself. Yeah. And so everybody who li- moves to Black Spring or is born in Black Spring is essentially doomed to live there their entire lives, which... Uh, as sort of the inciting incident of the book is a big point of contention for a lot of Black Springs youths who mm-hmm. uh, are like understandably bitter about not being able to go out into the world, let alone inform people out in the world about the existence of the witch and the curse. Uh, at the start of the book, we focus mainly on the Grant family, who is like the father, Steve, the mother, Joyce, Jocelyn. And their two sons, uh, Tyler and Matt. And Tyler is the elder son, and he is obsessed with like getting the word out about Catherine and trying to figure out some way to break her power over the town. So he's got like this off the grid style website that he and his friends maintain, and they carry out these experiments and investigations into Catherine to try and learn the secrets of her power and whatnot. As Things begin to develop and unravel with regards to that and various other confluencing situations in the town. There's like a deeply fundamentalist, like religious order that overlooks the town and that has prominence over the uh, body of Hex that uh, has some vested interest in like stoking fear among the populace and treating Catherine almost as like a religious figure or a deity. Mm-hmm. So all the, needless to say, you've got all these heated elements sort of swirling about. Ultimately it results in disaster and a bunch of terrible things happen. Yeah. 
uh, I guess always a good point to lead off from. What did you make? How did you like the book? So. I, I can go first. No, I'll go first. Um, okay. I liked the book, but I don't know that I would reread it. Okay. And I don't know that I would readily recommend it to people to read. Okay. Cause... Well, I'll go a step further and say okay. that I did not like the book. Okay. Now, I did read it, and I will say that there were parts of it that I found eminently readable. Yeah. Honestly... If this was not a challenge, getting through, like, just the first hundred pages or so where you're, like, establishing characters, because th that's really my biggest problem with the book is just the characters themselves and, more specifically, the character dynamics. Yeah. Like, the ways characters talk and interact with one another. Whereas when it's just, like, somebody quietly going about their business or, like, stuff just being chronicled, mm -hmm. it's fairly interesting. But, uh, yeah, I just did not like the way people talked. Yeah. Or, like, it did not feel at all, like, natural or appealing at all. Do you think that was because it's a translation? Yeah, I was not sure about that. I feel like I've read works of translation that weren't uh, stilted. Yeah. And, uh, and so, rather than that, I would wonder if it had anything to do with, like, the author's influence over the translation if maybe his perspective of it shaped the text in a way that a translator who was just given more freedom might have shied away from mm -hmm. I'm not sure I don't know where that sort of stems from but I just know that it uh, didn't really take for me okay so I I did find it like really readable because I, I mean I blasted through the book in like a day and a half Okay, and I did read the bulk of it in, like, the last few days. Mm-hmm. And I, so I'll say that it, I do feel like it picks up the pace closer to, like, the latter half. Yeah. And that that wasn't as hard a stretch for me to get through. Yeah. I, okay, so I picked this book for us to read, not just because I already, like, had it in my Kindle library, but I remember... Liberty talking about this book on the All the Books podcast and yeah. I can like I I don't really remember what she said other than like kind of the synopsis of or like kind of the the setup at the beginning of the book which you went over but I remember her tone of voice and like I genuinely do not recall her presenting this book as anything other than a good time. Okay. So I kind of thought this book would be like, hey, here's a fun, like, kind of spooky Halloween-y <laughs> book that, like, yeah, it's going to be creepy. Yeah, there's going to be, like, a, probably a couple of people that die, but then, like, everything's going to be fine in the end and good will overcome. And I think part of the reason why I, I read through it so fast is it's kind of like, okay, the, the, <laughs> the good part's coming. Yeah. The good part's coming. And then I get to the end and I'm like, what did I just read? Alright. Because I, well, I gotta I gotta say, there's lots of trigger warnings. Oh, like, yeah. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell them. So, like, first of all, there's like animal death. Right. In this book. There is I get a sexual assault. There is right. suicide. There is yeah. uh bullying, I guess. Sure. There is like 
grief is grief a trigger warning i think so I yeah think, there's yeah. definitely like a lot of that because i did i expected this book to be like okay like I thought I was going to have to be like, okay, I need to put this book to the side for a minute because, like, I'm really creeped out. Not, I need to put this book to the side because I can't see the words because I'm crying too hard. Oh, okay. Because basically when it got to part two, I just, like, sobbed for, like, four chapters. Or pretty much for the rest of the book. Let's just be honest. I pretty much just cried for the rest of the book. And maybe that's like, like indicative of what I was saying about not really vibing with the characters because I acknowledged that what was happening to them was terrible. I did not feel anything for them at all. Yeah. So I'm just like, and maybe this is all just a holdover from like my long history of like Stephen King books and whatnot. So like I am familiar with a lot of the tropes of this kind of thing mm-hmm. but uh i don't know it just especially because it's like the last hundred pages or so yeah it all just comes on so fast that i don't feel like the book really gestates on i feel like it tries to play up the the grief element a bit in a way that is pretty obviously being set up to justify some of the events that happen later on yeah so because obviously like grief plays a part a big part into everything sort of going to pot at the very end right i I can't help but feel like that was a lot of that was just like well these people need to be at their absolute lowest point so that all the like depravity that i want to have happen can happen yeah and so i just wasn't really on board for any of that I, okay, have you seen, I think, I think it's called The Perfume Maker or Perfume or something. Have you seen that movie? No. Okay, so this ties in, I promise. I get a lot of, like, similarities between that movie and this book because in the, I think it's The Perfume Maker. Because in The Perfume Maker, which takes place in, like, I don't know, medieval France. Mm Mm-hmm. There's this guy, there's this kid who's born and basically like he has a, a smell, like he's basically like a smell prodigy. He can, okay, like he can, anyway, he's got like a super fantastic sense of smell and, and then he like goes on to try to create the world's best perfume. He ends up becoming a serial killer. Oh. Like in trying to achieve his goal of creating the world's best perfume. But it like you're sitting around and or like you're sitting there and you're watching this movie and you're kind of like okay like he's a serial killer he's gonna get caught yada 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 and then the whole shebang just takes a hard left and from and from the scene where he's supposed to be executed to the end of the movie you're like what did I just watch what just happened in the last twenty minutes like that's how like I it was a very similar vibe with this book where. I finished the book and I'm like, what just happened the last hundred pages? Like, what did I just read? I do feel like it's pretty telling that, like, the book is comprised of two parts. Yeah. But the first part is, like, the first 250 pages. And the last part is, like, the last hundred pages. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because, like, this, the subtitle of the first part is, like, something that doesn't happen for, like, the last 50 pages yeah. of that part. It's like subtitled stoning, and that refers to an event that doesn't even happen until like 
page two hundred or so. Yeah. yeah, which you almost feel like a better division of narrative structure would have behooved. Yeah, I that think sort of framework. Th this book could have very easily been like separated into, I think, three distinct parts. Yeah. Like set up, things are starting to go to pot. The world has caught fire. Yes. I, but I agree. I did feel that with the two parts, it was pretty unbalanced. I agree with that. Or I feel like that's yeah. what you were saying. And as I've said before, I have difficulty with certain books and authors who, like, try to uh, assume the perspective of a young person and try to put themselves within the psychology of a young person. Yeah. Obviously, one of the main characters of this book, Tyler, he is like a central perspective for yeah. much of the events of this story, uh, both in terms of like his dialogue and his mental state. Mm -hmm. I was not very convinced by a lot of that. See, I was. I, I was. I'm not saying that all 17 year olds are like Tyler, but I have known 17 year olds to be like Tyler. Okay. So I did feel that like I actually felt like the the representation of all of like Tyler and his friend group or of Tyler and his like a, a, I don't know, research group, I guess, was pretty spot on just in terms of like the dynamics of like peer pressure and that there's going to be at least one person who's like just completely psychotic. Yeah. Which by the way, that kid did not meet the end he should have. <laughs> He, he deserved much worse than what he got. Uh, that, that's another thing, I guess, is just, like, not fully being convinced by the... Again, you gotta wonder, this character needs to be that psychotic for things to go down the way they did. Yeah. So it you gotta wonder, is this at all convincing? Is somebody being this deranged, like, in a way that could be justifiable, could be, like, written in such a way that you buy it, but is the author putting in the work for that, and is that in line with this kind of book they want this to be. Right. Right. So I just, yeah, that's, I think a lot of my complaints come down to the author not getting me to the point where I buy in. Yeah. I will say yeah. one big, I, and I, I can't believe I just forgot about this until right now, but one big glaring issue that I had with this book. I mean, like, a big glaring. Like, while I was reading it, I couldn't... Like, my brain couldn't get over it to, like, keep going with the story. Was... Yeah. I understand what happened surrounding the supposed suicide that ha that happens in the book. Yes. But the other part of it, with, like, the younger brother, I'm like... There is no context. Absolutely no context for what happened to that kid. Oh, right. Like if it was just like something that was done to him under like con like the witch's control or what have you. Yeah, cuz I'm sitting here and I'm like because I will say the author does this thing where like it's almost like an event will happen off-screen and then you find out about it. Sure. So it's like there's build up build up build up whatever it is that happens isn't is not described right away. And then it's like a series of flashbacks, like in the in the upcoming pages, and you never find out what happened to that kid. You just find you just know that it happened. 
Right. And and right. what happened to that kid is just like completely random. Like none like it doesn't tie into the story at all or it very poorly ties into the story. Sure. And I just that part you know, with the with that kid, I was like, I don't even know why this is in the book. I feel like a lot of the psychology of these characters would be better suited to a short story. Yeah. Because I've read book I've read like short stories of like horrible things happening to characters and the justifications for it like psychologically and narratively just being kind of hand waved for the purposes of expediency yeah and you buying in on that level just because well it's only like 40 pages or however long so it's fine where as opposed to like an almost 400 page book with so much being given over to character dynamics and context and social changes and whatnot in history you 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 demand a lot more from that side of it Mm -hmm. and i don't know that it gets there yeah uh did you see that there was a sequel no (laughs) well okay the best i can make out is that it is a at the very least, another book featuring the character of Grimm, the, like, head of the Hex board. Yeah. Uh, apparently, there is another story, I think as yet untranslated into English, uh-huh. that start, features that character. So I don't know, actually, if it is a sequel or if it is, like, like a prequel or a midquel or what have you. Yeah. I just know that there's, like, on Goodreads, Hex number two. And whatever the series is, categorizing it under, pertains to that character. Okay. Yeah, I, d- I doubt it would get any more elucidating vis-a-vis, like, the mythology of the this book. Yeah. It's interesting to know that it's out there. Yeah. There, I will say, and again, I've been uh, ragging on this book a lot, but I genuinely had, like, a lot of problems with it, even for as much as I was able to read it and as much as certain segments I felt were much more engaging than others, I feel like the book's own perspective of certain characters is very muddled at times. Yeah. Like sometimes you'll be getting like third person narrative voice from like an omniscient narrator that would seem to align with a character's given subjective uh, perspective. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, wait, does this is this omniscient narrator embodying this character when like a couple paragraphs later they're like like being speaking diminutively of them it just seems like like you're not sure like what you're supposed to feel or or you're not sure what the book wants you to feel yeah about any of these people like obviously you can rely on your own like moral judgments of Mm -hmm. people and their actions but then, like, in terms of, like, bringing you into their headspace and giving you their rationale for things. Yeah. It just doesn't always add up. Uh, do you have any th- other thoughts? I did not. Uh, I think we certainly got a, uh, had a lot to say about it. At we least. did. That was, again, Hex by Thomas Old Huevelt. And uh, thank you again for the challenge. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the next one is. Alrighty, do we want to go ahead and get into that? Sounds like a plan. Okay, so um, for this book, I 
did not go into what I already had to choose what to read. I actually went to our bingo card to look at like what maybe both of us could benefit from. And so the next book that we are going to be reading is called In the Company of Men by Veronique Tajo, uh, translated from French by Tajo with John Cullen. It comes from, I I guess translated, it's the Ivory Coast. It's Côte d'Ivoire. Okay. And basically it's a book regarding the Ebola virus. Okay. So the reason, the, the way I found this book is I literally did a Google search for books from Africa translated into English, and then it led me to like a book riot list Okay. of 14 books, and just given the heavy nature of what we just read, things I wanted to stay away from were, I, I wanted to stay away from like violence against women, I wanted to stay away from like xenophobia, I wanted to stay away from the death of animals. And okay. to be and to be honest, the list that book that book riot gave me, this is the only one that like kind of stays that seems to stay away from those topics, and it's about the Ebola virus. So right. So let's okay. see how this goes. <laughs> All right, in the company of men, got it here. I don't have any uh, bingo things to fill in. I don't know if I have it on my bingo card, but would this book satisfy? my non-english speaking europe or did i already cover that one now you have not gotten it yet Uh, i'm fine with you uh putting it down for that i think that the argument could be made that since it was technically a english revision like or almost like a remake but uh, i think that the spirit of it is such that you could put it down as a work of translation okay all right so gonna put you down for hex Okay, you are one book away. You are two bingos that you are one book away from. Okay. So be looking forward to that. All right. And uh, we'll be looking forward to seeing y'all again next time. In two weeks, we'll be talking about Cormac McCarthy's Blood Meridian. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hope you'll join us again, and we hope you'll enjoy this nice autumnal weather wherever it finds you. Yes. So if you want to let them know where they can find us. Sure. So you can find us on our social media. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Literally Club at Your Words Podcast. You can find us on our website at yourwordspodcast.com. And you can also email us a comment, suggestion, or question to yourwordspodcast at gmail.com. And we thank you again. We wish y'all a nice evening and a good week and happy reading. Happy reading.